Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Larry Crowder here with the Larry Crowder Leadership Podcast. With me today is my long-term friend, Ron Marr. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Larry. It is long-term, that's for sure. I've been trying to get you on here for months, and you've been, your schedule and my schedule has been crazy, and yeah. I'm so glad it's finally happened. Well, it's finally, it is finally happened, and it's so good to be here for, for sure. Well, thank you. I'm going to ask you some questions about where you've come from, what God's done in your life over the years, and kind of the story behind the story. Sure. And, of course, this is the Leadership Podcast, and we talk about those small changes we can make yeah. that will make massive difference down the road. Yeah. So let's talk about Ron Meyer. And I know I've known you now for 40 years almost 40 this years. year. That's crazy. 40 years. So there's a lot. You could you could just do this podcast as a monologue <laughs> and tell everybody. You know as much about I me. Didn't almost, know you. Almost we know each much. other really well. It's been a joy to work with you all these years. It I mean, it's has. been, a, it's been amazing. 40 years. Yeah. yeah, I remember the first time I met you when we had a young church and you came in with your family. I remember that well. So yeah. praise God. Let's talk about Ron Meyer growing up, like, talk. What was it like? You grew up in Lebanon County, right, Pennsylvania? Berks County. Berks County. You grew up. Yeah, yeah. You did. That's right. Yep. And talk about it, growing up and your family a bit. And how did you first come to Christ? How did that all happen? Uh, I would have get, <clears throat> came to Christ when I was about twelve years old. Mm. Uh, part of a local church, Church of the Brethren. Yeah. And uh, so we just had. Uh, my dad was a church leader. Uh, my earliest remembrances of my parents were in the morning. They'd be praying when we come downstairs. Oh, that's so cool. They went out to the barn and did the work. I prayed was a, a really a common thread through us. We always had devotions at night and prayed together as a family. And as a little kid, I'd fall asleep to everyone else prayed. But uh, yeah, so at about 12 years old. Amazing heritage. Oh, yeah, it is an amazing heritage. Yeah, wow. it really is. So 12 years old. About 12 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. But then, and I was the the oddball in school, was the guy that wasn't invited to parties. And really? And didn't do any of that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, and graduated uh, went through um, through high school and then got married at 19. Waited till I was 19. Well, you waited that long. I waited till I was 19 <laughs> to get married. Didn't want to rush into it. And then um, was part of a local church as part of leadership throughout most of my life. And then part of a local church. And then um, walked into Dove in 1982. And right around 28 years old. It was right when we started coming to Dove um, in there. Uh, there was a, an evangelist preaching, and he preached on lordship. And I was part of a large um, partnership farming operation. Sure. And I remember standing there. I can tell you, show you the place where I was standing. And I mm -hmm. said, Lord, what would be the hardest thing for me to give up mm -hmm. to prove to myself that you're my Lord? Yeah. And uh, it was very clear. Would you be willing to step out of the partnership? Wow. And I, I stood there that night, and I was just like, well, I'm, I'm not, that would really be hard. But I made the decision right there. I am willing. I walked down front, and a very good friend of mine who I knew was standing there praying for people. And I walked up to him, and he said, Ron, what are you doing here? I know you're saved. What are you doing here? And I said, I just want to make sure, and I'm driving a oh, stake that so Jesus cool. is Lord, and I'm willing to give up anything 
to follow him for the rest of my life. And so many of us, like Ron, have that same story. We grew up, we knew about God, or we received the Lord in, every, in a way we understood. But we came this strategic time right. when Jesus yep. became Lord, and that changed yep. your life forever. Yep, yep, totally. Yeah. Totally so true. talk about early spiritual leadership stuff that you did, because I remember some of those early days, and you were leading small groups, and we called them cell groups in those days, right. and, and how did that whole process work for you? Well, how far you want to go back as far as leadership? As far back as you want. Well, and let's go back to the day I was born. Um, my name means strong leader, so from the day okay. I was born, my mother, my father, so called, cool. every time I was called, coming to dinner, strong leader, come to dinner, um, strong leader, get to bed, whatever you want to that say. That is really cool. And is is that it was that's my name so it was spoken over me every time my name was called so knowing that that is the case in the spirit the enemy will always try and hinder that from happening so i grew up very insecure stuttering at a young age Hmm. um was afraid to stay at friends houses that kind of thing and uh until sometime in the middle of high school around eighth or ninth grade something happened i it would have been after i made made uh, jesus asking if i was my savior it would have been after that but i remember going back to school and the the person behind me said what happened to you over the summer something happened really something changed and um, then i became involved in uh, future farmers of america ffa uh, learned about leadership, was yep. on the leadership team, became vice president, then president, entered wow. uh, speech contest, uh, became the regional president uh, for the FFA, and uh, then got involved in church as well with the youth leadership, and just one thing after another just fell into place. Can you remember any, like back in those FFA days, you know, those early days, any specific things that you learned about leadership back then that would help somebody who's younger? who's, you know, listening right now and think, wow, I thought Ron Meyer was always, you know, this really, uh, you know, this strong leader. Of course, you were. You're like Abraham. Every time his wife said Abraham, father of many nations, and the same thing happened to you. Do you remember anything way back in those days that you learned? I think a a biggest thing is confidence. Good. That all that training, uh, all the experiences. So even as a 10th grader, uh, they had us lead meetings, so mm-hmm. lead the meetings of your peers and that yeah. kind of thing as either the vice president or the sure, president. Sure, sure. Different offices. You learned about Robert's Rules of Order, all right. that kind of stuff. Right. So, so they were training you uh, to be a leader not only within the organization but within mm-hmm. society. Good. Uh, and then the speech contests and those kind of things. All that was preparatory for what God had for me later in life. Whatever. Exactly. This is one thing I've learned, and I didn't know it then, but everything you're going through now is yeah. preparing you for what God has for you in the future. That is so good. And yeah. sometimes the harder the deal is right now, there's a great call of God in your yeah. life in the future because yeah. of what you're going through right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Talk about spiritual leadership then, if you get involved in spiritual leadership. Spiritual leadership would have been within the youth group in the church I was a part of, um, helping to lead that. And then after we got married, uh, the church we were part of, leading the, the what we call the Sunday school class, that group. Uh, then became Sunday school superintendent and uh, just various things. Um, wherever wherever Whatever I was, was before you, you did it. Yeah, where there, was a, where there was a vacuum or where there was an opportunity, as a servant's heart, I was willing to step into it. So. And that's a real key there. Whatever's before you, are you willing to be a servant and do whatever it takes to help other people prosper and be blessed? And you were right there and did that. Exactly. You still do it today. still the key. Well, I still try and do it today. (laughs) You do it well. That's still the key to leadership. Leadership is serving. Exactly. Once you stop serving, you lost the right to be in leadership. Are there any things that you wish you would have known back when you started? (laughs) One or two, I think. (laughs) Have you made any mistakes as a leader? Uh, I've made a lot of mistakes. Haven't we all? Uh, You would remember probably no more of them than I do. 
probably um, not. Yeah, but yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes as well along the way. The key is that you learn from That's your right. mistakes. Otherwise, right. you keep repeating them. You keep making them. Um, I think there was only one time, Larry, in the in the last 40 years where I was at a, a place of really being distraught and said, Lord, take me out. I didn't ask for this. I yeah. wanted to farm. Yeah. That was my dream. That was my vision yeah. since I was six years old. Right. And uh, by the time I was 28, that dream was fully realized. But it was only one time that I know I was I was curled up in a ball in a, in a, mm-hmm. along a wall just saying, Lord, take me out of leadership. I'm just, I don't want to hurt people. Mm-hmm. I, don't want, I don't like the stress of this. Just take me out. And the Lord said, uh, learn from what you're going through yeah. right now. Stand up and get moving. So yeah. See, it's so important that we share this kinds of stories because many people are going to think we never go through that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we all do in some way. Any leader who's yeah. willing to be open and honest will share this kind of stories. We all often say we're like Jacob, we walk with a limp. Yep, very true. And that's yep. really what you're talking about here. So you've uh, obviously, I want to talk about some of the books you've written and you've helped to write and uh, one fivefold ministry made practical, which is just one of my it is my favorite book on the fivefold ministry. I said that all over the world. Uh, another book you helped write, four of us wrote together. That's on right. On eldership, you remember that yeah, was back that in, was fun. in like These books are both updated. The biblical role of elders for today's church. Anybody wanting to understand leadership principles, especially as it has to do with the church world, mm-hmm. it's all in, in that book. And yep. Larry Kreider, Ron Myers, Steve Prokopchak, and Brian Saller. We want to talk more about that uh, in just a minute. But talk a bit more about your the path God led you on. Of course, I know what the answers are for right, some of right. this because we know each other so well. But the path that God led you on and brought you to a place where you're at today. I mean, today you're serving as the Assistant International Director of Devon International, a global family of churches, 1,200 right. plus privilege. churches in 25 mm-hmm. countries, all that. And yeah. we've served together in years, you know, working together in that. You're our Director of Operations. You lead the whole USA team on helping plant churches and connect with churches throughout America. And let's talk a bit about the process God took you through. It didn't just happen overnight. Right. What's the process God took you through? And take as long as you need on this, because this is really, really important. Sure. I think that the process, and little did I know, as I said, the process started uh, when I was young. Remember, this is something I didn't know then, but the Lord told me, spoke to me not too long ago and said, uh, the kingdom of God is never on the defense. Mm. It's always on the offense. Right. Uh, it's the enemy that's always on the defense to try and hinder and hold back what that's God so is true. doing. So, so even as a child, as that was spoken over me that I'm a leader, mm. the enemy tried to thwart that. So I, as I said, I was in, afraid. I was a homebody. I always stayed home. Uh, uh, all those kind of things. And it's hard to believe. Knowing I know you it today, Ron, it, it, it's hard to believe that that was you. But I get I that because I, I had know. all the insecurities in the world, and it yep. would still have some today, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it went we through a lot of that. But man, that is so good that you're sharing that. So as you as you walk through those things and it, it, yeah, I remember this first speech contest I was in and of course now I can preach many different places but that first speech contest the fear all those kind of things so each of those situations God was using and building in me uh, a form of leadership so that I could be more effective in where I'm at today so even the farming uh, sure. situation I was in uh, I remember there's times I'd get up every hour on the hour uh, because of a situation that was happening on the farm so if I can get up like that for animals for those yeah. kind of things then certainly I can I can ex- extend and expend myself for people. And I'm not exactly. talking about people taking advantage of you or anything I like that, that, but still yeah. the reality of uh, I'm doing something with eternal value. So. Okay. Now, I first met you, obviously, you were 28, and uh, you got involved in a small group in, I think, Lebanon County at that mm-hmm. point. Yep. First one in Lebanon County. Okay. I it was already there, but we became a part mm-hmm. of it. And then it wasn't long until you were an assistant leader or a leader, 
or how did that work? Just f- walk us through that process okay. a bit. So we were so hungry, Larry. Um, I had, as I said, we were part of a local church. Uh, Bonnie got baptized in the Holy Spirit a year before I did. Right. I knew there was something in her right. that I was really hungry for. Add to that, for a short stint, for a year, I had left the farm and uh, was driving truck, and I, I met the most foul-mouthed young man I had ever met. Mm. And I thought, and I began reaching out to him, I thought, if this guy gets saved, he will never fit into the wineskin gotcha. that we were a part of. So we prayed for a year. And uh, through the, really the Lord's direction, it's kind of a long story, but through the Lord's direction, uh, the Lord brought us to Dove one Sunday morning. And again, we were praying for a year, Lord, where are you placing us? Where are you calling us? And we walked in there that Sunday morning, a group, a little bit less than 100 people. Yeah. You, were, you were commissioning, I think it was the fifth or sixth small group really? at that point in time. It was a, a commissioning of the small group. We walked in there and that week. Um, I t- turned to Bonnie and said, I think this is where God's called us. So wow. interesting story with that. Is that I think we were there like the third third time, and 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 Merv would have came up to me and mm-hmm. said, uh, "Hey, I see you've been attending. Would you like to know more about Dove?" And this would have been in September, so we were there just a one, two or three times, uh, and he, and I said, "Sure, we'd love to." He said, "Well, when can we get together?" I said, "Well, right now this is fall harvest." Uh, I work from 6 to like 8. Uh, if you want to come at 5 in the morning, that sure. would work. And he said, yeah, I'll be there. You better believe it. And, and I'll tell you what, that spoke a lot to us oh, yeah. right then, that willingness yeah. to invest in us and share mm-hmm. uh, what God was doing. So we became part of the small group. We were so hungry, so we'd come early and stay late. And really? um, ours, uh, one of my first, other than my dad, my first spiritual father who really poured into me. Yeah. Uh, Marv just oh, really, yeah, I remember really, that well. yeah, just really, really poured into me. And uh, so we'd come early, we'd stay late. And one point in time, he said, hey, would you guys be willing to assist us? Okay. And we were like, oh, yeah, there, there's more quality people than us. He said, yeah, but you're hungry. Yeah. You come early, you stay late, you're willing to serve. So that became, we became assistants. And then they felt called to move to Kansas, if you remember. I remember uh, well. to Kansas to plant a church, Marvin Bev. And as they moved out there, then we became the small group leaders. And then that grew, that small group grew, and then it multiplied. And then, we, then there were two small groups, and we gave oversight to the other small group, and then it just continued. Step by to step by step. In those days, we called them section leaders. Yeah. Yeah, you became a section leader. Yeah. But then eventually, you became uh, pastor, lead elder, call it whatever term you want to mm-hmm. use, uh, of that church. How did that happen? So the group became two, then I think it became four. And then there was a time uh, where Dove was continuing to grow. Uh, you had a number of, ser- I think it was two services at Abundant mm-hmm. Living, one in Southern Lancaster County. And there was a group from Berks County that was yeah. driving a distance about an hour, and yeah. then our group was driving. And uh, Merv approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to work with the team and plant a church uh, between Lebanon and Berks County, right on the line. And he was in the process of going to Brazil, he and he knew that he need someone that could really lead that work yeah and uh you and another brother were called in to do that yep, yep. so go on with the journey but then were you still milking cows yeah talk about that whole story um well i was still farming when we planted when we planted the church so um dual focused yep. um again the lord taught me a lot about those kind of things um we we started i had people that milked for me um but on my Sunday mornings when I worked, I had every other weekend where I didn't have to work quite as hard. Right, just right. Just say it that way. But I get up at, at 3 in the morning the weekend that I had to work and, and um, 
take care of all the chores and then go and preach and then come home, crash on the sofa and then wow. go out and, and milk again. And, and then I got to the place where throughout that year, and it was even prior to that year, where I began to pray, Lord, let me farm from six in the morning till six at night. Mm. Let me put in 12 hour days, except in harvest, because every evening we were out ministering to people and helping people and seeing people's lives change. And right. we had a tremendous team around us. It wasn't just yeah, Bonnie yeah. and I, it was a right. tremendous team. Right. So. I remember that well. So you came to a place that you had to make a decision mm-hmm. between the farm and all your, your the love of your life. I mean, exactly. really, exactly. right? And this call from God to do, you know, ministry leadership. Talk about that. So uh, probably um, two years before I actually sold the farm. I was going through a really challenging. We, we were in a partnership before that, and then we uh, split up the partnership. Um, and I took uh, the one farm and a and, uh, large portion. My other brother-in-law took the other portion. And uh, we still worked together, but we had s- separate entities. Sure. And it was over that time where I had a really challenging uh, situation, circumstance. And I remember uh, going in the basement to pray. I had fasted a couple of days, and I was, remember praying in the basement. And my, my question was, Lord, are you calling me to sell? Is, is this you know, a sign for me to sell? And I remember Lord saying, yes, I've called you to sell at some point in time, but not yet. This is training ground for right. you. And uh, so the Lord taught me a lot through that next season of uh, just how to stand in faith, how to handle situations, how to handle tough situations. And uh, then in, in the midst of that, uh, people speaking into my life, my father-in-law, others saying, and my wife especially, concerned I was doing too much, mm-hmm. burning a candle at both ends, and basically feeling like it was time for me, that we needed to make a decision. So. Hardest decision, uh, one of the hardest decisions in my life, where we made a decision to give up our life dream to fulfill a call. And it happened. And it happened. Yeah. And, of course, looking back now, the rest is all history. So, mm-hmm. you know, God used you there. Then our church grew to a couple thousand people. We were a multi-site church. Yeah. And then in 1996, we became a movement of churches. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you were so key in that whole process. In fact, you and I, for a season, were the only elders in the church. Right. That's that? right. That's Brian right. Brian Souter joined us later then. Yep. And went through that whole transition. As you look back in those days, is there anything you feel like you've learned about leadership that happened during that that season? That, in some ways, a difficult season because right. we had to make major change, and at the same time, we knew it was God. God was yeah. leading us in that way to become a global movement. Well, I'll go back to the in the basement. I felt the Lord said, "This is training ground for you." Uh, after I sold the farm for the next, I think, four years, three years, four years. I thought, this is not it. This is nothing compared to the pressure I was under back then. And then we walked through our difficult years and that kind of thing. I woke up one morning and my first thought was hard-pressed and not destroyed. And I realized the Lord trained me for this five years prior. Right. And uh, we were able to walk through that. Of course, those were were challenging times, but they were very rewarding times as we just followed the Spirit, followed Mm -hmm. the Lord. What is He Mm -hmm. saying? Uh, What is our next steps? Where do we go from here? And that kind of thing. And a lot of late-night prayer meetings, Larry. A lot of early morning prayer meetings, a lot of seeking the Lord and making sure and getting wise counsel from others outside of us. Exactly. Uh, So it was really, it was challenging, but it was really rewarding because what I say now is if you can can hear from the Lord, you can go through anything. That's right. Uh, And as long as you're in tune to His Spirit, in tune to His voice, regardless of the situation in front of you, you're able to go through it. And you know, in those days, those difficult days as we were going through that whole change, I mean, we had a dream that we could be a 
family of churches throughout yeah. the world. We had mm-hmm. that dream. Mm-hmm. But I think looking back now, today looking back, ne- honestly for me, I never dreamed it would be what it is today by the grace of yeah. God. Now, you've always had a, a love for business, too, and in, in the business world. And, and sure. I want to make sure we don't lose this before we get into talking about spiritual leadership, five-four ministry, and all that. And, and you lead a group today called Kingdom Link, which Correct. is business. Talk, talk about your heart for business, men and women, and just talk a bit about that and some things you've learned there. Sure, sure. Well, I think the my heart is for business because I see it, I've seen, uh, and the Lord's changing it, but I've seen a disconnect between the business and right. the church world, and, right. and predominantly sometimes church leaders. Now, it's getting a lot better, um, but my experience when, when I was a local pastor is I would visit my, the guys that had businesses, I would visit them on site. I didn't just, I didn't just want their, their finances. Right. They were strong supporters of the church, but I wanted their heart. Right. I wanted to, the things that they knew in business, I wanted to help apply uh, to leadership. So I've learned a lot from businessmen as far, and business people, not just men, but business uh, people. People that was, have spoken into my life, so I want to see the the connection uh, because sometimes in the church we elevate church leadership right. or that kind of thing, and we when we don't put the same value mm-hmm. in the marketplace. Right. And I believe there are apostles in the marketplace. I believe there are evangelists in the yep. marketplace. Yep. I I believe that there are so many gifts that are being released and need to be released in the marketplace, and that the business people in the marketplace need to need to to understand that we in the church world value and appreciate their investment in the marketplace. Right. So the whole aspect of there's not there's no Christian business. There's there's Christians who own businesses. That's good. There are people who are influence the kingdom in the business. And some of uh, the business guys I relate to, the their employees are larger than some of the churches we That's have. That's right. And they feel a real responsibility for their people mm-hmm. uh, as they walk through life circumstances and, and situations. And uh, I just appreciate their hearts and want to pour into them, help help them succeed in the marketplace as well as so uh, pour into, into church leaders. Yeah, you do that so well. Of course, obviously, you've done that in the Dove International world. You've been a tremendous blessing to my life personally over and 40 likewise, years, Ron. It's amazing. And uh, we've learned we, we're very different the way we're made up, and yet we mm-hmm. think alike, you know, right. so much. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's been such a joy to be in many nations together and see God do all these amazing it things. We've just begun. Of course, I'm in the process of a succession for me as international director of Dev International right now, yeah. right in that whole process. And you have been and continue will be a real key for that whole that whole thing to happen yeah. because of the grace in your life as a yeah. leader. And and it's just been, been amazing. Before we get talk a bit more about uh, leadership, five-fold ministry, those kind of things, um, what has changed in how you see leadership today in the way you may have seen it 20 years ago or 30 sure. years ago? Is, what kind of changes would you see? I think, I think the leaders have changed. I think in my generation, and maybe I'll just speak for myself, Sure. Were, there was a lot more of get out of the way, the the older generation, get out of yeah. the way, I'm ready to lead, I right. got this, I want to step in, I just want to I just want to lead. And then I, I feel like we, over the course of time, we had leaders who really, or people, put it that way, who really didn't want to champion uh, church leadership, didn't want to step into that. Um, and what I find now, the generation today, I think, wants our input, wants our influence, right. wants to work together. 
together with us, which is really refreshing. I, I, so true. There, there's so many things I've learned. I don't want to die with them. I don't, I don't want to. Mm. I want to impart them into someone. I want to help somebody go way beyond me. I, we have six children, five boys, and one mm. daughter, and and I want each of them to go right. way beyond anything right. that I've experienced, anything that I've been able to achieve. So the 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 things I've the things I've learned in in leadership. There's just so many things I've learned from the marketplace leaders right. as well as church leaders. Um, I like to read. I like to you I like to ask well. questions. Usually, mm-hmm. I like to draw people out with questions. Yeah. So, and you're extremely good at solving problems. Or some people are better at that than others. You're extremely good at that. You come alive when there's a problem. Yep. That's, by the grace of God, we yeah. can fix this thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's who you are. Yep. And you do that so, 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 so well. If anybody wants to check out your website, the USA website, give us your website. WSA.org. And, and obviously on the show notes, anybody listening, a lot more about Ron, the books he's upright. Uh, again, he leads the whole USA team. So on there, he works closely with me in Devon International. As we work together there, he serves as the assistant to the international director. Now, uh, let's talk about the five-fold ministry a little bit. I'm going to have you back because we're almost out of time. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but I want to have you back. But I want to just delve into five-fold ministry made practical a, just a little bit. And then we'll sure. dig into it a lot more on a podcast coming up in the near future. Okay. Um, talk to us about what is the five-fold ministry? What is that? To some okay. people, it's like, never heard of it. What sure, sure. It? It's Ephesians 4, and it says that Jesus gives some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, if I could back up a little bit, is that if we, and you've taught church history, Larry, as well, but you look back in church history from the time of Jesus's resurrection yeah. until uh, 317 AD, there was there was persecution. Nero was over right, that time right, frame. Right. By 70 AD, most of the then known yeah. world had heard the gospel, but there was a lot of persecution going on. And then in 317, Constantine, the emperor uh, of Rome, gets either saved or has an encounter. Some would say right. it was a pseudo-conversion. Um, you know, conversion. Some yep. would say it was a real conversion. Right. But regardless, he made it fashionable and legal for people to become mm-hmm. a Christian. You know, as yep. you teach, the first church was built in 323 AD. Yep. AD. And at that point in time... The church, the, church building. Yeah, first yeah, right, church building. Right. Thank you. So... Prior to that, ministry was in the hands of the people. Mm -hmm. It was meeting in small Mm -hmm. groups. It was meeting in homes. It was people coming together. It was people, I lost my job this week because of persecution. Here, have some bread, that kind of thing. There Mm -hmm. were people working together. And when the first church building was built, ministry, in effect, was starting to be taken, removed from the hands of the people and placed in the leader's of those who were leading these church buildings. And I believe for the last 1,700 plus years, the Holy Spirit is trying to get ministry back into the hands of the people. Right, right. Where the saints, the believers, do the work of ministry yeah. according to Ephesians chapter yeah. 4. And so then these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, they are, are they ministers? Is that for everybody? Or they're, how's this work? they're trainers and equippers. Okay. I believe that every person is has a bent toward okay. one of those. Okay. Uh, toward one of those gifts. So if you if you uh, best way I can see this is. Uh, I remember different times where I'd uh, finish a Sunday morning, what we called then a celebration, right, just a right. Sunday morning service, and I'd have somebody, and we had a powerful, powerful worship time, and, and we left to go a little bit longer, and, and 
but it was just a powerful time. I, I remember specifically more than once a person would come up and stand in front of me and, and say, Ron, I just can't understand why you left worship go so long. <laughs> I, you cheated us out of the word. And, and why did you leave worship go so long? And I said, well, we really felt the spirit was leading that direction. And, and they turn around and leave. And right after that, the next person would say, I can't believe you cut off worship. Don't, don't you know that it's Been the there, pres- that presence of God is able to change people's life. Well, what's the difference? One person had a prophetic bent That's right. and the other person had a teaching bent. Exactly. It's the way, it's the lens that they look through life's experiences mm. and circumstances. An evangelist would say, you didn't give a, you didn't give an altar call this morning, you know, right. those kind of things. So it's, I believe that everyone is wired toward one of those. And the best thing I can do is help them function yeah. within that wow. said gift. So good. Again, Fivefold Ministry Made Practical, the book, you can get it on uh, Audible. You can get this uh, ebook, or you can just get the real deal. You can get it wherever you buy books. You can get it from the Devon National Bookstore or Amazon or wherever, wherever you buy books. And again, I'm going to have you back. We're going to dig, dig into this. I'm going to really sure. ask you some important questions about each of these five different gifts and how that applies to people. So you want to come back, everyone, on a podcast coming up soon. We will talk more about that. Check out the show notes today. In the show notes, we have all, a lot more about Ron Morrow, the books he's written, and uh, also this book, The Biblical Role of Elders for, for Today's Church. That was fun to write that one. That was, that's all, both of those are full, so full of practical stuff for today's leaders. Exactly. And that's hence the book, Fivefold Made Practical. Made Practical. And again, you've done a great job. It's one of our best-selling books. You've done a great job with it. So, Ron, any last-minute, again, I'm going to have you back, but any last-minute thoughts on leadership here before we end the podcast today, this episode today? Yeah, any last thoughts? But I'll tell you what, um, i got so many things going through my head right now when it comes to leaders. There's so many things I've learned. Let me just close with this one, Larry, and that is something I've learned over the years. Um, What I do not take responsibility for, I am powerless to change. If I take a posture and say it's the other person's fault or it's someone else's situation, I'm powerless to bring change in whatever situation it is. And when I accept the responsibility, then the Lord will give me the power and the, the help to bring about change. So in any situation, um, so, so that, that's one of the that's one of the things. It's not hard for me to accept responsibility, and in some cases, blame mm-hmm. uh, where something happens. Well, if I if I take the responsibility, someone else would say, well, "It's not your fault." Yeah, but if I don't take the responsibility, I can't bring change. So if good. I take the responsibility, I can bring change to it. I can help bring change for the betterment of all so those good. involved. And it's not about control or anything. It's about helping right. us yes. achieve what God wants us to You've achieve. You've done that so well. I've heard you say that so many times. I've seen you do that so many times over the years. Ron Mara, thank you for joining me today on the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. Again, check out the show notes if you want to know more about Ron, the different books he's written, and uh, we're going to have you back. Great. Looking yeah. forward and then to we're gonna, it. I'm mean, going to really delve into the fivefold ministry, really cool. those five gifts. Yep. Love to. All right. Thank you. And everybody, so good to have you with us today on the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. And we'll look forward to seeing you back here again real soon. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.